Amen. Let's go to him in prayer today. I trust you've created an atmosphere. As we sang about the cross, about what he done for us, where he's conquered death, hell, and the grave. He conquered sickness. Whatever your problem is this morning, he conquered it already. It is a conquered foe. The battle that you are in, the war that you are waging, your enemy is defeated. The Almighty God came all the way from glory to become the warrior God, to take on human battles, to battle it out with your enemy to defeat. And your enemy today is a defeated enemy. We're going forth in his name to claim every divine promise that belongs to the bride of Christ. It is ours. I want you to stake your claim on it today. Reach out wherever you are. If you're here in the building, if you're out on the internet, wherever you're listening in, the Holy Spirit knows exactly who you are and what your need is. And before you had a need, he died that you could go free. As we sang one of our first songs already today, that I could still go free. And it's because you are the purchase of the blood. And it's the value of the blood. Father, today as we bow before your throne of grace, it's there we find favor. It's there we find mercy and grace and help and strength in our time of need. Lord, we, we look around today and we see the different battles that are going on. And we know, Lord, that the enemy is defeated. And we know, Lord, being that he's a conquered foe, it's just these little resistant areas that he's trying to still resist. But we know the battle is won. We know that we're more than a conqueror through him that loved us and gave his life for us. And we're asking, Lord, that you would bless us today as we look into your word, as we, as we go forth in your name to conquer, to be an overcomer in this last day, to believe the word of promise that is ours. I ask, Lord, that you would bless us today as we open up the pages of the Word of God, I pray, Lord, that you've taken stamp them within our hearts, that we in the Word become one. They ever need of your people that you supply today. Let them know that there's nothing too hard for the Lord, that every enemy that they are facing today has already been defeated. Lord, we live in a generation where we saw cancer defeated. We saw whatever name that you name, it was defeated. And that there is nothing 
that nothing that can stand before the name of Jesus Christ. So we lift that banner high today over the word of promise and we claim it as our own. Today, Lord, as your servant, I stand here to take every spirit today in this building under control for the glory of God. Lord, to be able to minister the word of God without hindrance. We speak in the name of Jesus for every need that there is. May every demon of doubt and unbelief go and every resistance to the Holy Spirit be moved out of the way where the Spirit of God can speak today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask it for your glory. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. To be the redeemed of the Lord is really, really a great hour, a great time to, to be here today. And so we welcome you today in his name. If you're a visitor among us today, I hope you won't feel to be like your visitor, but you'll feel a part of us today. And amen. We just welcome each one of you and trust the Lord's blessings upon you. Amen. I want to say thank you to the church body for, um, for those that helped in the wedding yesterday or, or you know, even, even if through the years and the formative years of this couple that got married, you, you were there supporting in prayer. You know, someone said some time ago, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, I say it takes a church to raise up young people. Amen. And, and so each one of you done your part, and God bless you for your efforts, amen, and given unto the Lord. And, and not, uh, you know, the, the many youth services that we've had, our brother Joe Adams is out today uh, ministering away. Um, of course, remember him, but he's had many youth services as well. Some of these other brothers that have ministered to the young people and our youth camps that we have and uh, every, everything that that is put into that, and um, even even in a service like today, I'm I'm speaking to all of you, from the children, way up all the way up to the oldest one among us today. And no, that's not me, amen. But anyway, we are you know we um, are speaking to to the whole group and ministering to the whole body, and we thank God for every one of you. Amen. I don't, I don't know sometimes if you understand the treasure that we have in one another and what God is doing among us. Um, even our young people are a testimony to the world. We uh, were just at the First Baptist in, in the Spring Hill this, last, uh, this past week now and uh, just visiting there with... Um, the secretary there, as we looked around at some of the the, um, the the buildings that they have, and we're just talking with them, and 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 the secretary, an elderly lady, just was exclaiming, you know, how in the world do you get all of those young people to come to church? So we we don't have one young person in our church. We're just a bunch of old people. Well, you know. I tell you, um, you know, brother, he was, she was talking to Brother Timothy, but if I was talking to him, I would have told him, well, we give them pills. <laughs> Amen. Gospels. 
And that's how we get them to come to church. Amen. That's the way that we get people to Jesus Christ is we give them the gospel. Amen. And the gospel will save lives. Amen. It will change hearts. And we believe that. Amen. So let's turn to Romans chapter 8. And we're going to read from verse 19 today. And um, I just want to read from there. And then we will read from Ezekiel chapter 37. Right now, while you're standing, let's just read this phrase here. And uh, it's Romans eight nineteen For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestations of the sons of God. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. And if you will, be making your way over to Ezekiel chapter 37. We'll read from the first verse. And um, I, I want you to today to be really attentive and put your heart into this service. Um, you know, it's an atmosphere that changes lives. The atmosphere actually brings healing and deliverance. And so when, you know, when you're scattered in your thoughts and thinking or whatever else and, and aren't creating an atmosphere of faith, well, then, um, then it, it's a hindrance. And so you, would, you ought to just whisper a prayer, Lord, don't let me be a hindrance today. Let me create an atmosphere around me of faith, of, of uh, believing the Word of God and receiving an attitude of receiving something from Him. Now, I'm going to um, kind of change our, our thought of series that we have been on on rapture anointing. And I'm going to be speaking for a while on this, and I don't, I don't know how many services, maybe another, maybe five more, maybe a hundred more, maybe to, from now to the rapture, I don't know, you know, because uh, we just uh, try to be led by the Spirit of God in all that we do. And so today I'm going to be speaking on the people of the book, and this is this is. Now, if I was able to put my whole title here, um, you know, but for the sake of space and, and whatever, but my whole title is the people of the book have returned to the land of the book. And um, this is what we're going to be ministering on, and as we have seen here, the earnest expectation. And that word means an ancient and persistent expectation uh, and it's in the sense of watching so said um, the every creature every creature of uh, you know of creation waiteth with earnest expectation they're anxious and persistent I, I think there ought to be some earnest expectation even of us believers here today amen for what for the revealing of sons of God. Amen. We've seen enough of humanity and, and beastly nature and fleshly nature and everything manifested. We want to see God manifested. We want to see manifested in our lives. Amen. In our young people. Amen. In, in our marriages, in our homes, everywhere to manifest or reveal Jesus Christ. Amen. So, you know, the, the, as we're saying, the people of the book 
have returned to the land of the book. So this earnest expectation of every creature waiteth for the revelation or the apocalypse of the sons of God. Now, so now we, we're here in a time where that the, we're living in the end time and the end time prophet was to reveal the mysteries and those mysteries that are being revealed are the sons of God. Let me say that again because I don't want you to miss what I just said. Sometimes you're expecting me to say something else and I want you to get what I said. The end time prophet was to reveal the mysteries and those mysteries are the sons of God. So the mystery that is to be revealed is this bride of Jesus Christ. You are the mystery that he comes to reveal. Now, this is something that it's got, us, it's got to get down under the fifth rib, you know, way down into the heart, that I am that mystery. That it's not, it's not so much um, uh, understanding, uh, uh, you know, this great mystery or the dynamics of this great mystery, but to understand you are the mystery. He, that's who he's coming for. That's who Christ is coming for is a, a bride, a spotless, sinless bride. Amen. One that is in his very image and likeness. Now I'm going to go to Ezekiel 37 and 1. And we're, we're going to remember uh, as we read this, I want to preface it by saying that Brother Branham told us that he preached a whole series called Israel and the Church. Remember? Israel and the Church. Israel and her homeland. Israel at the Red Sea. Israel, you know, the whole thing he was going through. What he was doing was paralleling Israel with the church. Because you got a natural seed of Abraham and a royal seed of Abraham. And the royal seed of Abraham are the children of Abraham who are the faith seed of Abraham by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So by the new birth, you are Abraham's seed and heirs of the promise. So that makes you yourself an heir to the land, to the promised land. Are you with me now? So now we're going to go back to Ezekiel 37, and we're going to see what God is doing in a physical manner in a restoration of Israel that he's also doing in a spiritual manner in a restoration of the bride tree. Amen? So the fig tree representing Israel is being restored, and at the same time there's a bride tree being restored. So God is, God is doing two things. He, you know, really, it isn't something new. He's been doing this as he wrote his Bible in the, in the people of Israel. And he would write that, his Bible there. And they were, they were not the end product. They were foretelling and prophesying of a greater thing to come. For the old covenant was only making a way for the new covenant. Amen. And for the promises of that covenant. Now we come to Ezekiel 37 verse 1. And the hand of the Lord was upon me, 
and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinew upon you and will bring upon flesh upon you and will cover you with skin and put breath in you and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones come together, bone to his bone. And when, he, when I beheld, lo, the sinew and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them from above, but there was no breath in them. And then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried, and our hope is lost, and we're cut off from our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord, and when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land, that then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, there's enough in that to shout all the rest of the week, the month, and the rest of the year to come. Amen. A lot to rejoice in right there. Now, today, as I said, we're going to be speaking on the people of the book. Now, historically, this term, the people of the book, is, is really used to refer to two peoples, and the, that is the Jews and the Christians. The Jews because of the Old Testament, and the Christians because of the New Testament. And so we are known as the people of the book. That's what we are known as, as believers. We are, we're people of the new covenant, which is the New Testament or the book. Amen? The Jews, on the other hand, are the people of the Old Testament, 
of the old covenant. So therefore, they are the people of the book. Now, of course, you know, um, uh, the, the Muslims, as I looked into this, this uh, slogan here, I, I went on the internet to look and, and I found that the Muslims believe that because that the Jews did not uh, fully possess and claim and hold on to their promise, and then the Christians didn't fully claim and hold on to their promise, then God raised up the Muhammad, and, um, and now because these did not inherit, now they're going to inherit what you failed to possess. And so that's the teaching of the, the, the Muslims, that they are then the people of the book. So they claim the land, and they also claim uh, the, the promises that belong to you as Christians. Now, we know historically who the, the Muslims are. The Mohammedans are of the sons of Ishmael. And they are the children of Hagar. And I have a word for them today. And that is the children of the slave woman will not be heir with the children of the free woman. And I just want to say that, that in both cases, there is a people whether it's the people of the Old Testament, they have returned to their ancient lands. But I want to say and proclaim that there is another people, amen, of the New Testament. And they also are returning to their ancient land that the apostles preached. Amen. The, the, the land, the promises that Jesus trod upon and walked upon and claimed as our own. Come on, church. That there is a people in the land that have returned to the land to claim every divine promise. Hallelujah. The people of the book have returned to the land of the book. And I'm putting the devil on notice. We're back. Are you with me now? Amen. I'm putting the devil on notice that we're back. The people of the book have returned to the land of the book. Satan, we're back. And we're here to claim back everything that belongs to us as the children of God. Amen. Now, as we're looking at this, um, you know, in recent days, uh, in in a stunning and, and remarkable moment, uh, the Prime Minister of um, Israel, ben- Benjamin Netanyahu, has also declared to the people of Europe and to the world that the prophecies that we just read of Ezekiel 37 have been fulfilled. And he, and he says the Holocaust, in his speech, he said the Holocaust represented the dry bones, the graves of the Jewish people. And out of that horror, the state of Israel has, was resurrected, just as the Lord said would happen through the Hebrew prophet Ezekiel. So rarely, rarely has it been that any world leader given a major address on an international stage uh, declaring end-time prophecies from the Bible have come true, but that's exactly what the prime minister did of Israel, and, he, and the world knows it. 
Amen. He spoke to the world, said, there is a phenomena. There is something happening. There is scripture being fulfilled. And out of the dry bones, there has been a gathering of the people and the formation of a nation after 2,000 years. Now, remember, you know, we, we live in the, the, the generation, the time where these, the World War II is not too far back in, in our memories. And some of you maybe didn't go through it per se, but your, your parents did and so on. But in, in Hitler's demonic desire, now remember, this had been prophesied, Revelation chapter 9. It, was, it showed that there were, there were uh, 200,000 supernatural demons that were to be released from the river Euphrates. Now, that, uh, that's a book of symbols. And so it is, it is symbolically showing that there has been a release of demonic forces into this age that we are living in. So that this last age faces more devils than any other age has faced. Amen. Young people, that's why you're going through the battles you're going through. Amen. Parents, that's why you're going through the battles you're going through. That's why we're fighting on different fronts than even other ages has. Because there has been spirits released against us. Amen, to try to destroy the faith of the children, the faith of the people. But at the same time, God sends a message to turn our hearts back to the faith of the fathers. That in the face of this opposition, there's something that will rise in the hearts of God's people. We must have a homeland. Amen, we must go back to our ancient landmarks. We must go back to holiness. We must go back to divine healing. We must go back to the Holy Ghost. We must go back to the power of God. We must go back to our ancient landmarks. Amen. And say, Satan, you have moved the landmarks and you have denied us of our place, but we are here to take back our inheritance because as the people of the book, we have returned to the land of the book. We are the generation. God, let there be an awakening within our hearts this morning. Push back Laodicea. Push back lethargic. Push back easy believism. And restore faith in our hearts. I'm a conqueror. Now, Hitler's demonic desire was to rid the world of all the Jews. That's the natural seed of Abraham. Now, you see, this is the same satanic desire to destroy the spiritual seed. It's a goal that Hitler almost accomplished. But actually, and it all the opposite effect actually occurred. By the time the smoke cleared and the dust settled, world opinion and, and sympathy, sympathies for the Jew was an all-time high, 
And it was in this environment the groundwork was finally established for the creation of the modern state of Israel in, in May 1948. Now this, of course, was the, was the sounding of the trumpets. It was to gather them back to their homeland to receive the seventh trumpet, and their seventh trumpet will be the coming of the Messiah. And it will be heralded through the two witnesses of the book of Revelation. Are you with me? Now, on the other hand, there's an exact parallel. I want you to get this. Remember, brother, as I began, I told you, Brother Branham preached on Israel and the church. And he parallels the two. By the way, if you ever read Feast of the Trumpets, he's doing the same thing. He's going back and forth and back and forth and, and you have to watch him and be careful as he makes the changes back and forth as he speaks of natural Israel, spiritual Israel. Now, so it's, but it's an exact parallel. There's a gospel trumpet that started sounding and there came, the, and it blew until there came a resurrection out of dark denominationalism rising up out of the tombs of religion a return to the homeland of the Bible. Now, Brother Brandon would say this in the, in the message of the, the first seal. He said, remember, in the days of the seventh angel, his sounding forth, blasting forth the gospel trumpet, he is to finish all the mysteries of God. So he is to bring forth all the mysteries of God. I started off telling you, you are that mystery. Amen. And under the ministry of Malachi 4, it brings forth all the mystery of God until there is a rapture of the church. Amen. So now, as we're looking at this, the seventh angel of Revelation 10, it is a trumpet and angel because when he begins to sound forth his trumpet, amen, the mystery of God will be finished. But what you fail to realize it's not just something for the Jews. It's also the seventh trumpet or the gospel trumpet under the seventh messenger to the Gentiles. Amen. Calling them back to reveal back to them the mystery of God that we have been waiting on all of these years. As all creation has been waiting on the apocalypse, the revelation of the sons of God. Amen. Now, so it's a blasting forth of the gospel trumpet. Now, that blasting forth of the trumpets would, would bring a persecution upon the Jews. And it would bring such a war until there would be an upheaval and a, a rooting up of a whole millions of people. You know, coming back, we must have a homeland. We must have a place for for, for the Jews, we, they, you know, they, there's only one way that we can be safe, and that's to return back to our land. And I want to just say to you, that's exactly your only place of safety today. It's back in your homeland. Amen. It isn't just a bunch of rules and fences. You know, when we went there, we went there to, and we saw fences. We saw fences. You talk about Mr. Trump wanting to build a wall. These people got that idea a long time ago. Amen. We got to have a wall. We've got to have a fence. Amen. To defend our borders. 
to keep the enemy from running across our borders. And when we were there, we didn't look at that like we were enslavement and that we were trapped and we wasn't wanting out. But there was others on the other side who were trying to get in. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. I'm trying to tell you the fence that the word puts up on for you. Amen. Whether it be of holiness or whatever it is, the standard he puts up is for your protection. And I just want to say to the world, there is a people that don't want to get out. Amen. Our castle is not our prison. Our castle is our defense. It's our defense for our young people. It's our defense for our women. It's a defense for our marriages. Now, there's someone who want to say, you're in prison. But I, I wonder how many of you sisters are trying to get out. I, I see a bunch right here. They're not trying to get out. They're happy to be in. Amen. Some of us, maybe, maybe you, you were, maybe somebody listening to me today, you, you weren't happy to be in. Well, maybe you belong out there. I don't know where you belong. But for us who belong, this is our home. This is where we're comfortable. Amen. This is where we have safety. This is where God comes down among us. Amen. And we're not trying to escape. It's not a prison. Amen. My citizenship, I know where I belong. Now, so this, this again, this messenger was to reveal the mysteries of the book. Now, often that is taken as revealing the doctrines of the book. And truly it is. But it's more than that. It's not simply restoring the doctrines of the book. It's restoring the people of the book as rightful owners to the land. Amen. If you wonder what land we're talking about, okay, let's settle that right here. This is our land. This is our land. Every promise of the book that belongs to the bride, that's me. That's my land. Now, in restoration of the bride tree, Brother Branham talked about restore. Now, Remember, church, we are in a time, and this is not a reformation. You know, it's not like the Jews rising up in Germany and changing the government that would be more sympathetic to the Jews. No, it is not at, that at all. It's a restoration back to their promised land. It's not reforming the government that we were under so that they would be more tolerable toward the Jewish people and let us stay here. Now, this has been the moves down to the ages. We had a Luther, a Catholic priest, who tried to reform the church. Amen? A reformation. We, we had, a, we had a, a Wesleyan, and he also did the thing, same thing. He did not want to leave the Anglican church. He wanted to try to work within that and reform that. But we come down to a time that God gives up. 
Amen. As you could, as you could read in Revelation 3 that we've been hammering on, that he spews her out of his mouth. He said, they'll not speak for me. They'll not be my voice. They'll not be my mouthpiece. They'll be, not be the body that I work through, in other words. Come on. But, I, I, but in the last days, there would be another people in the land who would, who would be the final voice to the final age. And I want to get it down to you. This is not a reformation. This is a restoration. Amen. What you're seeing today is not a bunch of Jews over there reforming, reforming Germany and this government and reforming Switzerland and this government and Belgium and Poland and Russia and their government. That's not what you're seeing. You're seeing a bunch of Israelites over in their land. Amen. Not a reformation, but a restoration. And that's what we're seeing. You are not a reformation. You're a restoration. Hallelujah. Restoration back. We're not reforming the old harlot system or the whore of the book of Revelation. No, but we're bringing, seeing brought forth a virgin-born bride of Jesus Christ. Is everybody with me? Amen. So to restore means to restore to his former owner, to bring back to his former estate and condition. And we can enforce a claim to be restored, to bring back to the former owner, to bring back to the former state of condition. If a claim is made on something to make that restoration, you can enforce it. To make it come back to its right place. And this is what Israel has had to do as a nation. They had to, they had to enforce a claim. Nothing was given to them. They had to enforce a claim. Amen. They had to say, this is our land. Amen. Then they had to fight to get that land. Yeah, they bought from Arabs. They did this. They did that. And you know, then the United Nations declare all those transactions void. And they lose their money and all these other things. What did they have to do? They had to take up their arms and fight. Amen. And when Britain wouldn't let the Jews in, they had a, a resistance that rose up said, let them people come in. Here, here are these poor people from the Holocaust, little children that, and women that had escaped. And here they are in their rags and whatever, on these boats, ships coming in. And, and Britain turns them their back because they have this vision of being the great imperial Britain, you know, controlling with all of their force, all of these lands, and keeping their control on this and that and the other and this is, this is ours. But they didn't read the script. The script never gave that land to Britons. Amen. It didn't give it to Muhammad. Amen. It didn't. Oh, are you with me? It didn't give it to the Catholic Church. It didn't give it to Rome. But it gave it to some Jewish people. Amen. To form a nation together. Amen. To have a land that would belong to them. That they can say, this is our Father's land. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I wonder if there's some real spiritual Israelites here today that would say, this is my father's land. This is the land of the apostles, the land of the prophets. Hallelujah, and I'm ready to take my inheritance. I'm ready to take what belongs to me as a son or daughter of God. I'm going to hold on to that. Now, restore, he said, is a claim to be enforced. And he said, therefore, some way it went away from its rightful owner and can wander about anywhere. But to restore is to bring it back to who it really owns it. And to bring it, or to bring it back to its natural estate, where it was at the first time, to bring it back into its natural condition. And in order to do this, we have a right to enforce, if there's a law, to enforce this rightful condition of restoration to restore. Now, in other words, just as we can look at the scripture about the Jews, that as it was saying, you know, the root, the root is not dead. Amen. Israel had a root there all the time, and, and, and it, was, it needed to be restored. That was their roots. And God was saying, the root isn't dead. Amen. But now has come the cycle of time. Things have turned, and the season has come that the root would put forth a branch. Hallelujah. And let me just say, in other words, the root of the original church at Pentecost, let me declare to you, it is not dead. The root is alive. The root is Christ. Come on, somebody. And that root is alive. He is not dead. Amen. Let me just declare to you, that means the root, the church at Pentecost, is not dead. Amen. The apostolic age is not over with. Christ, the life in the true church, is a continuation of the book of Acts. Amen. The bride tree, can I make an announcement? The bride tree has put forth another branch. Hallelujah. The bride tree has put forth another branch. Let me read this from from, uh, the resume of the ages. But what about the true seed? We talked about Israel. But what about the true seed? It will happen just as we have said. The people of God are being made ready by the word of truth from the messenger to this age. In her will be the fullness of Pentecost, For the Spirit will bring the people right back to where they were at the beginning. That is, thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Wake up your neighbor and let me tell him again. Amen. I want them to get it. Amen. What about the true seed? Amen. Let me ask you today. What about the blood? What about the power? What about the life? What about the true seed then? Amen. It'll happen, he said, just as we said. 
the people of God are being made ready by the word of truth from the messenger to this age. In her will be the fullness. Somebody say fullness. Fullness of Pentecost. For the Spirit will bring the people right back to where they were at the beginning. That is, thus saith the Lord. Have we ever seen that fail? Then we're not going to see this fail. That is, thus saith the Lord. Amen. Now, let's go to Isaiah 4 and verse 1. And I'm going to just read just a few things here. Really peculiar scripture here, this first verse starts off with. And in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We will eat our own bread, we'll wear our own apparel, only let us be called by that name to take away our reproach. Now, as we look at this scripture, I'm going to liken these women to churches. Amen. There's seven because they've come from seven ages. So they're represented by seven women who take a hold of Christ and they want to claim him and yet provide for themselves eating their own bread and wearing their own apparel. Now, don't that sound just like the church today? Amen. These women called churches today. Come on, somebody. Amen. They want to eat their own bread. They want to believe what they want to. Take what they want to. Build their creeds, their dogmas, whatever they want to. And they want to wear their own clothes. You ain't going to tell us about holiness. You're not going to tell us about how to dress. You're not going to tell us how to prepare ourselves for the rapture. All we want is to be called by thy name. All we want is just to be called Christians. Just have the label, we're Christians. We're Catholics or Baptists or Methodists or Pentecostal or whatever else. But we're Christians. But we want to eat our own bread. We want to have our own apparel. We just want to be called by your name. Now, so they want to take a hold of Christ and claim him for themselves while eating their own bread, wearing their own apparel. Only want to be Christian by name. So as not to be identified as a harlot, but that's what they are. Now, the same, the same is as the orange tree that Brother Sherritt was growing, that Brother Branham saw, and you remember, he told this story very often. He said, Brother John Sherritt, he went to his farm, and he saw there an orange tree. And he said, on this orange tree that was grafted into it other citrus varieties, such as lemons and tangerines and grapefruit and all kinds of things that was all growing on this orange tree. He said, that's a strange tree there. How did you get all these fruits on the same thing? He said, uh, you know, it's not all them kind of a tree. And he said, no, it's an orange tree. So what, uh, what about these limbs? So next year when it blossoms again, will they bear oranges next year? He said, no, they'll bear whatever, whatever rootstock they were of. Whatever genetic attributes that they have. If they were uh, grapefruit, they'll bear grapefruits. If they're tangerines, they'll bear tangerines. If whatever they are, that's what they will produce. And he said, 
well, then what about the orange tree? Will it ever bear oranges again? And Brother Sherrod said, yes. When it puts forth another branch from the root, it'll bear the fruit of the root. Amen. Now, you can see all of these varieties that we just read about these seven women. Amen. But they want to be called by the name of the citrus tree, but they're not bearing the life of the tree. They're bearing a denominational fruit. So Baptist limbs bring forth Baptist, and Methodist limbs bring forth Methodist, and Pentecostal limbs bring forth Pentecostal. But oh, glory to God. There is a branch that has been promised from the root. Amen. Listen, Brother Branham said in, in, in John 14, he quotes, I am the vine, you are the branches, and the first branch that come forth out of that vine, they wrote a book of Acts behind it. That's right, and today we have denominations living on the name of Christianity, but only bearing denominational fruit. That's right, but if that vine ever puts forth another branch, you'll write another book of Acts behind it because it'll bear the original life. If the Spirit of Christ is in the church, well, it'll do the works of Christ. No bones about it. Amen. Again, I wanted to share with you another quotation because this would really strike home to you. If thou canst believe, he says, all things are possible. This is this sermon he preached in Jeffersonville, planting the vine, word of planet. If thou can believe, all things are possible. The life of Christ is in the branch. The branch is not Branham Tabernacle. The branch is not William Branham. The branch is whosoever will be plucked up out of your unbelief and planted into him. Hallelujah. The branch is not William Branham. The branch is not Branham Tabernacle. The branch is whosoever will be plucked up out of your unbelief and planted into him. That's the branch. Hallelujah. What are we trying to say? There's a people raising up out of their unbelief. I'm preaching to them. I'm preaching to some of them this morning. Amen. A group of people who are raising up out of their unbelief that will bear the original life because they are the branch. Amen. Amen. Why you hold your place there where we were reading and, and, and there. Uh, let, uh, let's look at verse 2 actually there in that same place. In that day, in the same day where seven women take a hold, seven of one man saying, we'll wear our own garments, we'll, we'll eat our own bread. Oh, let us have your name. In that day, same day. Somebody say, same day. In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. Amen. Those that escape there, that death uh, there in the death camps, amen, that have returned back to the land, if that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious 
and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped. Hallelujah. Now, before we read the next verse, let's go to Jeremiah 33, verse 14. We'll read the next verse. Behold, the days come. Jeremiah 33, 14. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord that I will perform the good thing that I promised unto the house of Israel and unto the house of Judah. Amen. Israel and the church. Just keep it in mind. In those days and at that time will I cause the branch of righteousness to grow up into David and he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. In those days shall Judah be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name wherewith she shall be called. Hallelujah. Did you hear what I just read? That already excited every one of them. And this is the name she shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. Hallelujah. That's the name of this branch. The Lord our righteousness. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Do you realize here the feminine, the bride, takes on the name of the groom. Hallelujah. The Lord, she shall be called the Lord our righteousness. This is what the branch is called. Amen. All right. Now, let's continue reading back Isaiah 4 and 2. In that day shall the branch of the Lord be glorious, beautiful and glorious. Whatever he said, that's what we're going to be. If he said we'd be without spot or wrinkle, that's what we're going to be. Come on. Amen. If he said there'd be a rapture, there's somebody going in it. He said there'd be overcomers in Laodicea. Somebody's going to be an overcomer. Somebody help me preach now. In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion, Zion represents the bride, and he that remaineth in Jerusalem shall be called holy, even everyone that is written among the living in Jerusalem, when the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. And the Lord, oh, get this now, and the Lord will create upon every dwelling place. Amen. Amen. Don't gloss over this. I want to ask you just a minute, who is the dwelling place of God? Amen. Amen. Some of you got it this side. They were asleep. Who is the dwelling place of God? Amen. You're the dwelling place of God. Amen. And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place. Mama, that's me. Amen, of Mount Zion of that bride and upon her assemblies. Are we that assembly this morning? A cloud of smoke by day and a shining of a flaming fire by night for the glory shall be a defense. The pillar of fire is your defense. It's our defense against worldliness. It's our defense against sin. It's our defense against sickness. 
AIDS against this evil age. Just as much as it was when the children of Israel came across and there are left. And remember, the pillar of fire came down between them and the Egyptian. There's a wall of fire about of some people. Don't mess with God's elect. Come on, somebody. And there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow, a shade in the daytime from the heat. And for a place of refuge and a, and a covert from the storm and from the rain. Isn't this awesome? All this is laying in your book. That you're the people of. Amen. You ought to take that, you ought to take those verses, put it on your refrigerator. Realize I'm the dwelling place of God. And he is creating, oh my, he is creating upon every dwelling place, upon our assemblies. Amen. A cloud of smoke by day and a shining of a flame by night for all the glory shall be a defense. Now, the book is our heritage. It describes our claim to the promise. Now, I want you to just really focus in for a minute. Because the book is our heritage, it describes our claim to the promise. The book is our title deed to the land. All right? So this is our title deed to the land. Whatever it says, this is ours. It defines our borders. Amen? Whatever, whatever needs you have, it's in the land. Amen. Because of the land, because of the book, because of the land, it's self-sufficient in the land. We don't have to go out to get some psychologist, psychiatrist. We don't have to go and borrow from denominations. Come on, church. Amen. The land has everything we need. Amen. The book is our heritage. It describes our claim to the promise. Now, in Israel, you know, listen, listen, church. There's a parallel going on as, I, as I've been through. 1946, there's a pillar of fire that appears to a man in a cave. And there steps out a six-foot angel. Now, how in the world do y'all know this happened? Because it was vindicated by thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times. It was photographed over and over and again. It hangs even in Washington, D.C., as I showed you the picture of. Amen. It's there. Amen. You know, the world knows about it. This is not something hidden in a corner. This is something that happened in our generation. Now, at the same time, in the same season of time, there was a historic event. Now, Israel is struggling to be a nation. On May the 8th, 1946, Truman writes, our president writes to, to, this is part of Jewish history. Truman writes and says, you know, we, we, you know, open up the borders for the Jews. And he begins to put pressure 
upon the, Brit the British governments. And, and so now there is a question. But how do we know this land belongs to you? Yeah, I know it's in your legends. Yes, I know it's in um, your history and your oral deals that that land over there. You people ain't been there. There ain't been none of you. Well, there's always been a remnant, a small group. But there hardly has been any of you over there. This mass, how do you belong there? How could this be your land? You know, some of these others are ancient people too. And, and they've been in here for a, a thousand years or better. And they say, this is their land. And the Catholics, while well, they've had monasteries and, and, um, and churches there. And, and the Greek Orthodox and the Armenians, who claim to be the oldest Christians, who were witnessed to by Barnabas, I believe it was. And so they have a claim to this land. And we were here first. All of these claims are going on. This is our, this is our land. How do you Jews have any claim to this land? Well, in 1947, there was an historic event when a shepherd boy discovered what is known now as the Dead Sea Scrolls. In the land of Israel, just, just across the mountain from Jerusalem. And in the caves of Kurim, um, there, was, there was an obscure shepherd boy that one day, you know, looked there in a place of darkness. And he picked up a stone. And he took that stone and he threw it down into that darkness. And he heard a sound that came out of that darkness of a vessel that was breaking. Is somebody with me now? Amen. And, and so he knew that sounded like a vessel was breaking. This is something, there's something in that cave. So putting his, his worries aside, he creeps down in the cave and he brings out he brings out a, a vessel now that has been shattered. The seals is broke on it. And now is, is a, a parchment. And there is written the book of Isaiah and the prophecies of the Lord. Are you with me now? Amen. And so the, the, it brought scrolls to light. Words of God that had been hidden by obscurity for 2,000 years. Hallelujah. That could predate all the Muslims, all the Catholics, all the Armenians. Amen. That these were the people of the book. And because they were the people of the book, then they had a right to the land of the book. And the United Nations had to say, hey, we must give them a homeland because they are the people of the land because the book proves it is their evidence that they are the people of the book. Let me parallel that to a shepherd boy. Could we say a little pastor, amen, a little Kentucky preacher who took a revelation and threw it into the darkness and heard thunders roar. 
Hallelujah. What was it? It was the breaking of the book. The, the seal, the scroll. It was the opening of the word. What was that for? To give you the inalienable right through the book. That you are the people of the book. That this is your land. Glory to God, I don't know if I can stand myself. Do you hear what we're talking about? Look at the parallel. Now, now for two thousand years, this has been sealed away, held in obscurity. What those thunders mean, seals on the book, things held without light shining on it. Amen. But God sent a messenger. Amen. That brought a revelation. Amen. Sowing it into the darkness. Glory to God. Breaking the scrolls. Amen. The, the seals on the scrolls. And opening up the word back to light again. It shall be light in the evening time. The path of glory you shall surely find. Hallelujah. Now, this gives the evidence. Back to you. This is my land. Here's where the raptures to take place. Here's where the resurrections to take place. Now it's not simply a claim passed down through generation because now physical evidence that the land truly belongs to the Jews. It gave them the necessary clout in the United Nations world governments that Palestine did indeed belong to these people. They had a claim on the book. Now, amen. You're awake now, aren't you? Amen. Don't let the devil put you back to sleep. In, in that collection, in that collection of scrolls was also some scrolls that had never really been brought to light. And I don't know what all they say, and I'm really not interested in learning all what it says. But in that collection of scrolls was something that is called the war scrolls. And it tells of the war. Now, I just want you to get this. These war scrolls, it details the war between the sons of light and the sons of darkness. And it tells how the sons of light will prevail against the sons of darkness by the coming of their Messiah. Hallelujah. By the coming of the branch. Are you with me now? Amen. Now, Brother Branham tells us in the message, the Hebrews series, he said when Melchizedek was on earth, he was nothing in the world but Jehovah God made manifest by creation. He was here like a theophany. Abraham met him once in his tent. As we said this morning, Abraham recognized him. And he told Abraham what he was going to do because he was not going to lead the heir of the world blind to the things he was going to do. Remember when he appeared to Abraham? 
how he told Abraham, he said, now I've got to tell Abraham what I'm going to do. I've got to show him Sodom and the destruction and all of that that's going to take place, how evil the world is. But you know why? Because it's reflecting the end time prophecy. Somebody help me preach. So he said, he said, um, so he said, to Abraham, he told Abraham what he was going to do because he was not going to leave the heir of the world blind to the things he was going to do. And he says, may I stop here just a minute to say, God still has the same opinion about his church. You are not children of darkness. You are children of light. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And would the God who acted to Abraham, who was to inherit the earth, and he said, I will not keep those things back from that man that's going to inherit the earth. How much more will he reveal his secrets to his church that's going to inherit the earth? Hallelujah. Now, I shared this quotation with you just the other day. But you know, some of these... Some of these early, earlier Azusa Street men, you know, as we have read the scripture, that all creation is groaning, and all of them, they were groaning. They've been groaning, travailing. And John G. Lake, an early Pentecostal father, he prophesied these words, and I shared it with you, but I want to bring it out again. I can see as my spirit discerns the future. He died in... 1930s, as my spirit discerns the future and reaches out into the, to touch the heart of mankind and the desire of God, there is coming from heaven a new manifestation of the Holy Spirit and power. And that new manifestation will be in sweetness and love and tenderness and in the power of the Spirit beyond anything your heart or mind ever saw. The very lightning of God will flash through men's souls. The sons of God will meet the sons of darkness and prevail. Hallelujah. This is what some of the Azusa Street Fathers prophesied of you. I discern the future. Amen. There's going to rise another group. And the sons of God will meet the sons of darkness and prevail. Now, let me share with you what Brother Branham told us in the uh, Israel and the church. He said, we've got to have a faith that a change and quicken this body and be taken away. I believe there's a church on this road tonight, a power of the living God that men will speak the word here and there, and it'll flash like lightning. And a church is coming out. Not a psychologist, not some of this put on, make-believe, but a real, true, genuine, anointed Holy Ghost called out church. Amen. Amen. So, again, he could see she's on the rise. Amen. He could prophesy and speak of someone's coming. There's a church rising up. There's a people of the land. The people of the book returning back to the land of the book. Amen. Sons of light. Amen. I'm looking at them. Sons of light. Not sons of the darkness. Sons of light. Amen. Oh, yeah. 
they say it's getting darker and darker. And certainly the world is. It's getting darker and darker, and the, and the end of light is near. You know, we ain't got many years left for this, this Gentile church age. Amen. We're in the last of the church ages, the last of the slaughtered times allowed to the Gentiles. And, and even Brother Branham would, would, would be moved on by the Holy Spirit to leave just a little bit of light in the Laodicean age before it went out into darkness. But the bulk of the age would be in darkness. Amen. Amen. So, you know, again, the, you know, it's so close. The Gentile dispensation is closing out. Do you know what that means for it to close out? Then he that is filthy, be filthy still. He that wants to, she that wants to have bobbed hair, let her have bobbed hair still. She that wants to paint her face, let her paint her face still. Amen. She, she that wants to wear these immoral clothes, let her wear her immoral clothes still. But let her that is holy be holy still. Amen. And there is a bride that is holiness. Did I not tell you? Her name is the Lord, our righteousness. Hallelujah. Are you with me, church? Amen. But there coming a time where near in an hour where there won't be a chance to change. The last enemy will be conquered for the Gentiles. And we're leaving here. Amen. Not defeated. We're leaving here victorious. Somebody help me preach. But it's getting darker and darker. Now, I've got this right up here. This is one of the last pictures that we snapped in Israel. I think Brother Timothy actually took this picture, Sister Ruth, somebody. But as I, as I read, have the scripture, and the sun stood still until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. And we're, we're really, we're right here passing the valley of Agilon. And it's, it, it, it's just still light. It's still enough light that you can, you can subdue an enemy. Are you with me? Amen. But it's getting darker. Amen. And I, I want to just get it to you for a moment. This is where Joshua was. Amen. In the, at the Valley of Agilon, when, when the Word of God spoken out of a man's mouth, he had to be the mouthpiece of God. He stopped the sun and the moon. Figure out how he did it. I don't really care what you come up with. He stopped the sun and the moon. Whether he stopped the light or stopped the moon or stopped the sun or how it did it and what the chemistry. I'm not interested in the chemistry. I'm not interested in it that if it stopped shining, you know, this would happen and that and all your scientific. All I know is the light continued until they subdued and avenged themselves of every enemy. And I'm trying to tell you we're in that kind of a day where the sun is going down on the Gentiles. But we still have not conquered death. We have not conquered the grave. We have not conquered the sin of Laodicea. And there's still some of our children in prison out there. 
Hallelujah. But I tell you, there's got to be light. There's got to be a word that releases a light in this end time that says light hang there until we conquer everything, every enemy, death, hell, the grave, everything, till we conquer sin, Laodicea, till we have the final victory. Hallelujah. Amen. There is a word released today that says let the light shine. Let the light shine. We need a little more light. Let it shine there into the darkest places. Because the people of the book have returned to the land of the book. And we need the light. In this hour of darkness, we need the light. Death has got to flee. Satan has got to flee. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. There's got to be a victory of faith in the church. Let the light shine until this message has liberated every son of light from the evils of darkness. Amen. We need light to shine until the dead is raised, until the body is changed, until we triumph over dimensions and are changed in a moment and a twinkling of an eye. Hallelujah. If we run out of light, then we'll have incomplete victory, which means defeat. But we're not going down in defeat. We're not having incomplete victory. Amen. Come on. Amen. Let the light shine. Let the evening light shine. I don't care what the skeptics are saying, what the unbelievers are saying, what the sons of darkness are saying. The sons of light shall meet the sons of darkness and prevail. I'm talking to a prevailing church. I'm talking to an overcoming church. Nearly 4,000 years ago, the sons of light, Joshua, and the children of Israel triumphed over darkness. This was the day when God delivered up the Amorites to the children of Israel. It was a day, and I just want to get this to you. It was a day, this is the Bible. Speaking of this time, this time, we're here at that time. Amen, Lord, we need just enough light until we get every, every enemy. We can't let one of them escape. Come on. Amen, still got some, we still got some teenagers that need to meet that teenage rebellion. We, we still got men and women in the flesh that needs to defeat the works of the flesh. Amen, we, we need, we, we still got some enemies. Can I say it? There's still some more cancers that's got to succumb to the name of Jesus. Amen. There's still some more sin that's got to be overcome. And we're running out of time. We're running out of light. But we can't afford to let the age close and us have an incomplete victory. 
what are, what are you doing, sons of light? You know, why, why would you dare not pursue your enemy? Why would you dare not say, Satan, take your hands off of my child? Say, so Brother Tim, that's a saying. Words stop the sound. Come on, your words. Glory to God. Amen. Do you, do you think for a moment with these healings that has been placed that it was some, you know, something that we did physically? We spoke to a spirit. And that spirit had to go. Hallelujah. And sons of light prevailed over the sons of darkness. This was a day when God delivered up the Amorites to the children of Israel. A day that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man. For the Lord fought for Israel. Hallelujah. Amen. This is a day. We're here. Didn't I, didn't I tell you? We're here at the closing of the Gentiles. And we still got enemies to possess. We still got land to claim. Come on. We still got the full inheritance until our bodies are changed. We still, come on. Amen. And words stood there and stopped the sun and held the moon in place. So the light could continue to shine until the enemy was dead and conquered. For that day the Lord hearkened to the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. What about a people in the last day where a people, the Lord will hear a people speak? Come on, spoken word church. Come on, third pole believers. Amen. What about a day that we're in? Where the Lord hearkens to the voice of a man. Hallelujah. When I stood the other day and said, it'll be $10,000 for Japan. What happened? The Lord was listening. And he backed it up. When I said, she'll be in the the ICU room tonight, tomorrow night in her own room, the next day in her home. What was that? It wasn't just... Just a man. God backed up the voice of a man. And you think, well, that's just for the preachers. That's for the believer. Amen. It's time for the image to speak. It's time for the bride to realize who she is. And what hour she's in. Now, I'd like to read from Joshua 10 and verse 11. And I'll try to bring this down to close in just a little bit. But I just want to hit a couple of more points. Joshua 10 and verse 11. And it came to pass as they fled from before Israel. Take this as your prophecy. And we're, we're in the going down to Beth Horon that the Lord, huh, oh Jesus, the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Azanak. And, and they died, and there were more which died with hailstones 
than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. Children of light, heaven is on your side. Amen. Sons of darkness, are you listening to me? Hailstones are coming your way. Heaven is pouring out its wrath on Satan, on his armies, on his, on his millions of demons that he's released. Amen. Because God is determined that this bride will not go down in defeat. But she will leave at this age a conqueror. Amen. Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Agilon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is it not written in the book of Joshua? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. The spoken word held darkness back to win the battle over the sons of darkness. Amen. Did you get that? Amen. The, the spoken word held the enemy back until the sons of God prevailed over the sons of darkness. Amen, what a day. Now, I want to ask you, how many believes this? Do you really believe this? Amen, it, it, you ought to believe it. It's in your book of prophecy. Amen, it's written there of your ancient fathers. Somebody help me preach now. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Is not this a more important day than that? This was Israel going into their land the first time, conquering their land. That was an important day. But isn't this a more important day than that? Amen. Where that all nature will be delivered? Amen. That all creation has been waiting, not for this, but for you. So this is a more important day than that was. <laughs> Amen. Oh, then let me tell you something, little bride. Heaven is warring against your enemies. The Bible said and there was war in heaven. And Lucifer was cast out. Glory to God, somebody with me. There's a war going in heaven. There's a book being taken in heaven. There is, oh, hallelujah. There's a people of the book taking the book. Amen. It's their inheritance. Amen. And here, God is on your side. And if he is for you, then who? So I'm scared, Brother Tim, what the doctor's going to call this that I got. Who? If God be for us, who? Who can be against you? God's declared you righteous. Come on, He's named you. Amen. The branch of the Lord. The Lord our righteousness. You are His righteousness. Amen. Now, so little bride, your enemy's on the run. 
Amen. Cancer has been routed. Right here in this church. Cancer has been routed. Amen. It's me. It's had to make a disorderly retreat. Amen. Alopecia has been routed and has fled. Drugs, alcohol, tobacco, immorality has been routed. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I just saw another hailstone as heaven fights against the powers of darkness. And I see a people rising up to prevail as the sons of God over the sons of darkness. Hallelujah. Now, let me just read you a little quotation. In the seven church ages, Brother Branham says this words. His great Glorious presence shall strike the earth. Oh, God. Do we want to sit here and pretend like this is just something going to happen? This has been happening. His great glorious presence shall strike the earth. He cometh in clouds. Oh, I love that clouds. There will be wave after wave of his glory will come across the earth. And the resurrection of saints. Hallelujah, shall come. When that blessed Holy Spirit that lived in their hearts and they died with their corpses laying there and the tear stains over their cheeks and things like that and they're placed out here in a graveyard, a great wave of that same Spirit and a whoosh, wave after wave. He that was for last will be first and he that was first will be last. How can it be that way? That's the order of the resurrection. I won't know nobody in the generation before me or the generation after me. I'll know those in the generation of this. And every generation will come successfully right as it went down. They which were last will be first. Sure, it has to be. See, I'll know my people. The next fellow, my dad will know his people, his grandfather, his people. And on down like that. And wave after wave after wave after wave. And the saints arising from everywhere. Won't that be wonderful? Amen. That makes the old people feel young again. Hallelujah. Now I'm just going to tell you. Church, the Bible talks about times. Of refreshing. It was a time of refreshing when Brother Branham came. But it didn't say time of refreshing. It said times of refreshing. He didn't say a wave of glory. He said wave after wave after wave of glory. What in the world am I trying to tell the sons of light this morning? I'm telling you, you are that final wave of the Spirit. The final wave ain't coming. You're it. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God waving across the earth, holding up an ensign, holding up a flag, holding up a token, laying their hold on their promise. This is my land. This is my homeland. This is my personal property. Satan, get your hands off of my property. It's God's property. 
Hallelujah. I wonder how many today would say, here I am. I know we're here in the land. Amen. Now I'm going to take my token, my sign, my flag, the Holy Spirit, the flag of redemption, and I'm going to climb up to the heel of whatever I need. If I need healing, that's mine. If I need salvation for my children, that's mine. Amen. If I need deliverance, that's mine. Today, I'm taking my token. I'm taking my flag. And I'm running with everything I've got. Amen. I'm like those on, on Irojima. I'm putting up a flag. I want the world to see and know I have claimed this. I have claimed my healing. I have claimed my children. I have claimed my deliverance. Hallelujah! Because the people of the land have returned to the land. The people of the book are here to claim their inheritance. Will you stand against with, with me? Amen. Wave after wave. I say we've had refreshings from the presence of God. Amen. But it didn't say a refreshing. It said a wave after wave. Times of refreshing. How many would say today, God, I've had refreshings at youth camp. I've had refreshings at family camp. I've had refreshings in past services. But today, I am staking my claim on another refreshing from the presence of God. I'm holding on to what God said in his word. It's mine. It's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. The scroll has been opened. And light is shown on things that have been in darkness for thousands of years. And you're the people of the book returning to the land of the book. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's bow our heads together just a moment. Why don't you just hold your hand up? You got something to claim? You hold your hand up to God. You know, when we was preaching just a few services ago, Sister Lana come out of that mezzanine over there from up about middle ways, wherever she was sitting. With her hands raised, she come running all over this building, circling around time after time. You know what she was doing? She was waving her flag. She was waving her token. She was saying, the devil ain't keeping this healing back from me. That healing was paid for with blood. And this land is mine. And I'm taking this hill. I'm taking this mountain. And I'm putting my flag on it. Amen. My claim on it right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Is there somebody else? They would say, this is my mountain. This is my time of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. I've languished. Maybe you're a young person. You don't know where home is. Maybe you're a young person. You don't know. You're floundering around, been wandering around. You've been under the spoil. You don't know where you belong. Maybe you're a weary pilgrim. You just can't reach it. It's been held back from you. 
But I'm telling you today, the people of the book is taking their inheritance. And while it has happened, it's time for you to stake your flag on it. And man, if you're not a Christian, you say, well, today, today I put my flag on that promise. I don't want to be a son of darkness. I want to be a child of the light. And I want to stake my, my flag on that promise. That promise of the word of God. Amen. Yeah, I know maybe you maybe you've been disillusioned, maybe you've been hurt, maybe you've been confused. Maybe maybe out there you've been mistreated like the Jews were. Maybe you got something in your heart said, I'll never forget, and I'll never forgive. As a Jewish woman told me in the group I was with, never forget, and never forgive. Maybe you've been hurt, confused. You've been in darkness long enough. I'm trying to tell you the children of light are here and that darkness that's holding you has got to go in the name of Jesus Christ. There are those in bondage this morning, bondage of spirits, spirits of fear, doubt, confusion, unbelief that has got a hold of you and holding you down, anxiety. You're about to go crazy. I'm trying to tell you, you're not a child of darkness. You're a child of the light. And you will prevail over this. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare it to you. The children of God does not have to be enslaved to sickness, to sin, to darkness to anxiety, to mental trouble. I don't care what your past has been. I don't care what your parents have done. I don't care what they've done to you. Amen. There is, there is a light here that has given us light in this end time. Enough light to defeat every devil so that you can leave victorious. And I'm proclaiming it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For the glory of God. It's his promise. It's his promise. Amen. Amen. God's a God of deliverance. God's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. He's a God who loves, who cares. Amen. This is your opportunity now. This is time for your faith to act. You know you've been held bound by a spirit of the enemy. Move out of your seat. Come down here just a moment. That's right. That's the Holy Spirit moving right there. He's held you down. He's tried to hold you back. But we're here today proclaiming liberty to those that are bound. We are here today proclaiming to, that God is bringing to, to light His promises, every promise. 
you just ask him right now. There's no reason you should be in darkness. That enemy holds you back from a promise of God. There is no reason why that the children of God should be bound by the spirit of darkness when light has come. Amen. The unbelief has got to go. The darkness has got to leave. Amen. There are those that are in need. Amen. That are right here. (laughs) Hallelujah. Maybe there's somebody in this lineup right here today. Right here in this lineup that you've had a burden on your heart for. Amen. You know you're a son of, of light. You're a child of the light. Amen. And, and they hear somebody right here in this place. You've got a burden for you. saw walk up this, up this way. I want you to get out of your seat. And I want you to go to that person right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's right. Amen. Go to that person wherever they are. Amen. You know who they are. You know what their need is. Amen. The sons of light are coming to prevail against the spirit of darkness. We are coming as the children of the king, of children of the promise right now. Amen. We are claiming our inheritance right now in the name of Jesus for the glory of God. The Lord knows every need right now. He knows the person exactly. Come on, there's still some that, 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 that there's still some that, that needs to, you need to come and pray with right now. Come on. Wherever it is, your son of light, daughter of light, come here. Amen. Come believe. Come believe right now. The Lord's doing something right now. Hallelujah. You are the people of the book. There's a sound that has gone forth. The scroll has been opened. Light has shone on things that have never shone before. And you are here this day to receive that deliverance in the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of God right now in Jesus' name. Amen. That's right now. You know how to pray. Go to calling on the name of the Lord. The Bible said, even those of you that are praying around the altar, the Bible said, he that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You want deliverance? Go to calling on his name right now. You see... If our God will not open up heaven this morning and cast down stones on your enemy. Amen. You see, if the sun stood still until the people have avenged themselves upon their enemies, I want you to claim it right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Is everybody believing now? Amen. Everybody believing? Amen. Everybody believing? Amen. I want you to pray now. I want you to pray with me. Say, Lord, forgive me of my sin of unbelief. Forgive me, Lord, of my doubtings. Forgive me, Lord, of my my unbelief today. I want your Holy Spirit to come and dissolve every doubt in my life, every bit of confusion. I want it to go in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to claim my inheritance as a son or daughter of God. 
Amen. Amen. Would you, would you in the audience right now, would you pray with me right now? Amen. I want you to lift up your voice. I want you to pray. I want you to pray for these around the altar right now. Amen. That's calling out to God. He is here for deliverance. Amen. The same pillar of fire is here to defeat your enemy, to destroy your enemy before it destroys you. You're here for victory today. Amen. Let's believe right now. We're going to pray as the people of God. Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, the word of God is the truth. You never fail. And your word has reached out and touched hearts and lives of men and women today. And, and they have realized, I've got a need. And today I'm planting my flag here on a promise. I'm planting my token on a promise. The promise is for me. And I claim it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. For the glory of God. We repent of our unbelief, Lord. I repent of my own humanity, Lord. My own weakness of faith, my unbelief. Lord, uh, Lord, uh, but today, listen to the voice of a man. Lord, listen today as we proclaim your word and we speak now against that enemy. Satan, you have challenged the children of the living God. You come with your kings against us. Remember, we stand here, right here in the end time, and we speak the word of life to the children of God. And we say, Satan, you are defeated. And in the name of Jesus Christ, you take your hands over God's property right now in Jesus' name. For the glory of God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want you three to two to come pray with me just a moment. We got just a need right here. Just let them play right here. Amen.
Just for 